Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here. As you know me, I am the host of The Common Sense Show, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time, and we've got a terrific segment for you with Dr. Ted Brewer of Health Masters. And before we join Ted, I want to talk about some of the great people that make this show possible. Speaking of Health Masters, that's one of the groups, and you've heard my testimonials, ruptured disc in my back, torn AMCL in my knee, partially torn Achilles tendon, and now we're trying the impossible, restore cartilage where there isn't any bone on bone, and I'm taking the joint protocol, and we'll see how that goes, even if I'm only three for four because that's not a guarantee i'm still way ahead with health masters and you will be too and you don't have to have an acute or chronic condition to benefit from health masters they really excel at maintenance give them a call or actually what i want you to do first is visit their website and look at what they have they're also available for uh, phone consultation when you order so i want you to look at healthmasters.com and use the coupon code code five That'll take 5% off. And also, we're brought to you by the good people at My Patriot Supply. We call it preparewithdave.com. Now, a lot of people say, Dave, I don't afford, I can't afford the six months it, it costs to implement food. Save storage. I can't do it. So I said, okay, let's see what we can do. We came up with two-week packages, 50% off. We can't make it any better than this. Same restaurant quality, same everything. Go to preparewithdave.com. All right, let's get right to it. Dr. Ted Brewer. You've heard him here before on the show, and by popular demand, he's back, and we're going to talk about a number of issues, among which the highly requested issue, the power of prayer. Ted, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Uh, Dave, thanks so much. And also, when people call the office, remember, we're not going to give you any medical advice. We're not going to do that. So if you're on 25 prescription drugs or you got severe health problems, you need to see your medical doctor. You need to go in and you need to talk to your medical doctor. You need to find a medical doctor who's, how should I say, alternatively health-minded as far as teaching you how to change your lifestyle. Now, we don't mind helping you as far as, you know, figuring out what kind of supplements you might need, but we don't really go into the diagnostic part. We don't do any of that. We try to avoid all of that. But guys... And, we, and this is a no-cost service, by the way. When you call up, we're happy to talk to you about what B vitamins do and what vitamin C does and what vitamin D does. Now, there are a bunch of articles that I've written. And in fact, my son Harrison, who's now in law school, he wrote about 100 articles for me this summer and did an excellent job. And they're all posted at Health Masters. They give you all kinds of free information to alternative health care. Again, not making any claims. And again, if you're sick, you need to go see a doctor, medical doctor in your area, in your state who's licensed there. But today, I want to talk about the power of prayer. Plus, I want to talk about a few other things that are really topical as far as what's going on in today's world and so you guys grab a sheet of paper and a pencil goes this is going to be a roller coaster ride this is going to be politically incorrect this is going to be off the chain politically incorrect and this is going to be one of these things that i'm going to try really hard not to use a bad word politically incorrect (laughs) this is one of those things say well ted i can't believe you'd say you may use a bad word hey guys let me explain something to you i don't have a halo that i adjust you know every once in a while i may say something i shouldn't ought to say kind of every once in a while I may do something I shouldn't ought to do like you know a couple few weeks ago I ate a cookie and had a cup of coffee people say I can't believe you ate a cookie well yeah I I ate a cookie and that was an organic cookie (laughs) it was organic coffee but you know those aren't healthy for me I got that okay so if you want to send me a lecture and saying hey you know whatever you know guys you know just remember I do the best I can like all of us we're all sinners saved by grace through faith remember that if it wasn't for our Lord Jesus Christ we'd all be in a really bad situation right here in fact the planet got kind of bad 
and uh, you know this is this is i'm going to talk to you about some stuff real quick that's going to be kind of it's going to be kind of stuff you haven't really thought about you know we have to ask ourselves a question if god is omnipresent how in the world did we get ourselves into this mess i mean why didn't god know in advance why this was going to happen in the garden of eden and what happened with jesus and everything else hey guys the reason that it is what is happening and has happened is because god is omnipresent he can insert insert things into the timeline whenever he wants when he created adam and eve and they fell away and they started doing what they shouldn't ought to do he basically at that point knew that we needed a kinsman redeemer remember when stuff happened with adam and eve it was thousands of years before moses who wrote the old testament the five first books of the old testament which is called the pentateuch also the torah genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy it was thousands of years before he wrote the account of what happened in the garden just thought I'd mention that. Remember, when he went up on the mountain after the Israelites were released out of captivity in Egypt, he basically was given all of this inside information of, hey, what happened in the beginning, including Genesis chapter 6 with the Nephilim and the giants and all the other stuff. And so we have to understand the timeline in which all this was written. So God at that point is omnipresent. Remember this. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He exists in all timelines at once. Now, remember, Lucifer's not omnipresent. That's why he's trying to implement a 5G network, globally controlled via cell towers and satellites to allow him to affect you with energy signatures in your brain and your mind at any time he wants to control your thoughts. It says in Genesis chapter 6 that every thought of every man was evil all the time. That's their goal to bring us back to Genesis chapter 6. Who are they? The people who took down Building 7, leave it at that. I've done entire teachings. In fact, if you go back into my archives about two or three weeks ago, I did a show that talked about who they are and what they do. Go back and listen to that archive, and ex I explain in detail who the rulers of this planet are, why they do human sacrifice, what type of energy they require to stay alive. Because remember, they got cut off from God's energy source in the garden. They don't have the ability to absorb energy from the atmosphere, from the sunshine and the things that God have made. They have to use different forms of energy. I talk about that in that show. That's not the point of today's show. But guys, we have to understand that this planet is basically, you know, in the, in the verge, you know, of being held hostage, so to speak, by unseen, unbelievably negative forces. And what we also have to understand is this, guys, is that when God saw what was going on, he inserted Christ into the timeline because he realized that we could not get it right as far as obeying the law and doing everything perfectly. You think, well, wow, Ted, I never thought about that. Well, he did this on purpose. This is because he's omnipresent. This is what he's able to do. He inserted Christ into the timeline because he realized that even after the law had been given to Moses, that the people simply were too stiff-necked to listen and they couldn't get it done. So he put Jesus into the timeline to allow us to have a kinsman redeemer Jesus, remember, was the exact representation of God Almighty. The exact, that's what the word says in Hebrews. And he came here for our timeline to fix this mess where we're right now. You guys, that's why it's so important you listen to the show today, because I'm going to talk to you about the power of prayer, the power of Christ, and what this does for us. So now a lot of you are you're reeling right now. You're going, well, I never thought about all this stuff. This is way too esoteric, which means hidden knowledge. This is way too esoteric to talk about. Our pastor never talks about this. Well, your pastor probably wasn't taught much about physics and taught much about interdimensional entities and who they are and what they do and what they eat. So, guys, it's one of these things today is you need to take some note paper out if you don't have you got a chance and just write down some notes. And you may want to listen to the show a couple of times because, guys, shows like this, the powers to be who took down Building 7, the Canaanite worshipers, the Baal, Moloch, and Asherah worshipers, 
they don't want you to listen to this. They don't want you to hear this if they're druids or if they've basically been involved in all kinds of weird stuff. Look what happened just in the last few months with this Jeffrey Epstein mess, with, uh, with him being exposed as a major child trafficker or molester to the world's elite. Guys, if that doesn't give you an indication of what these guys are involved in, it can't be written any better. It was put to you in technicolor. <laughs> okay, there's no, there's no hiding the facts of what this clown was involved with. It. By the way, I'm going to weigh in on my Jeffrey Epstein topic real quick, Dave. I, for personally, I do not believe he's dead. I think Dave is right about mm-hmm. that. Yep. I, I believe, a, I believe a body double came in, or, or they basically gave him some type of, uh, you know, anesthesia. And made him go to sleep and carried him out and he's dead because you don't know unless you're the medical examiner you're not going to declare him dead anyhow or a doctor on the scene they could have taken him out put him in a body bag taken him outside revived him given him a bunch of facial trans you know facial surgery plastic surgery and relocated him to a uh, non-extradition country of his choice it's kind of like you know these are the same people who told us remember that you know that that the Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. That Anna Nicole Smith married for love, <laughs> and John F. Kennedy was killed by a magical bullet that ricocheted, and Building Seven fell down on its own. I mean, I mean, just I mean, these these people, they want you to believe all of the stuff that are all that's all a bunch of lies, and that's who these clowns are. That's who they have been and will be forever and ever amen so we got to understand who they are and what they believe and guys it's so important for everybody to realize that we need to filter everything through scripture we need to filter it through the scripture we need to make sure that if we're not going to filter it through the scripture that we've got a good source that's going to document what we're saying and guys listen to me for a second do you really think adolf hitler died in that bunker one of the most powerful men in the world with billions of dollars and today's money, trillions of dollars probably in seized assets from other countries. You really think he died in the, in the, in the bunker when there were so many reports of him running around Argentina for the rest of his life in South America? No, I don't believe that for a second. But they want you to believe what they want you to believe, the guys that run the media. They want you to believe the narrative, the narrative that they've been given, the narrative they want you to think about and believe. And guys, the reality is, is that you don't have to believe their narrative if you don't want to. You can say, no, I'm not going to believe that. No, I refuse to do that. If well, shows up we, to your- we, know, we know that only six people control 98% of the media. That's known. We know about the satanic rituals. Mm-hmm. They, they, we, re, we know all this. I mean, it's just, it's omnipresent. It's in our face. And only the people that don't want to believe it are the ignorant or the people who have cognitive dissonance. But uh, what I'd like to do is I'd like to move, um, and you're right about the Epstein situation. And by the way, I wanted to mention this too. Ted, I don't know if I ever told you this. The guy they brought in to ostensibly do the autopsy, and it was not an autopsy, it was a cover-up, was the same guy involved in the JFK assassination, the same guy involved in Martin Luther King's assassination. That's right. 85 years old, yep. There you go. And here they brought in the ultimate fixer again. And I don't know why for the life of me they're not going after the number two, why they're not investigating the intelligence agencies. I made a podcast about that because clearly this was a blackmail operation designed to manipulate politicians. I totally agree with you. But what I really want to focus on here is how prayer works and what we can do uh, as prayer warriors to to gain. Well, listen, I don't know if we can ever say we're gaining back anything. I don't know if we've ever had totally had it, but how we can basically bring the power of God into being in our lives. Okay, great. Prayer 
when you take let me go to the physics of this when you take a radio wave and you lay it on top of another radio wave you create a longitudinal wave if we take a longitudinal wave and you lay it on top of another longitudinal wave you create a scalar wave you know this is a, this is called a phased array satellite system this is the same thing they use in 5g this is the same thing they use in harp that's why there's a, a an array of antenna up in alaska and other ones all over the planet that basically they can phase these together and create longitudinal and then scalar waves now scalar waves don't have a uh, how should i say this they are basically they're interdimensional they have no barrier as far as time space in other words the scalar waves are instantaneous anywhere you send one so if you if you send a scalar wave to the other side of the galaxy it's there instantaneously it doesn't have to go through normal time space in fact uh harold klaus villa he's a physicist out of germany a very brilliant man i've, I've had I've shared a bunch of emails with him and we've had email dialogue going back and forth for a long time he says that, that you could take a, a, a pint of human blood uh, like for like, let's for instance Dave if I took a pint of your blood and we had it sent to Australia we kept it alive at the perfect temperature and I and I you know when we did it immediately next day air and then I had you watch a scary movie here in Arizona where you are the but your body would release an adrenochrome you know a chemical compound a fear molecule and basically your blood in Australia according to Harold Klaus Villa would release the same adrenochrome instantaneously in Australia, thousands and you know, twelve thousand miles away. You say, how in the world is that possible? That's because our DNA is a coiled helix, but it's also an interdimensional coiled helix. Now what does that mean? We're basically a transmitter receiver to God. We were created in his image to have communion with him and to basically hang out in the garden with him and chill out in the evenings and walk around, which is what Adam did. And so we are terribly terribly compromised because of our dna because of nephilim because of fallen angel dna because of because epigenetics all of this stuff has just polluted our dna stream that's why we only use 10 percent of our brain because of this now what scientists have found is this when you pray you create scalar waves now you say what what did you just say ted you heard me when you pray you create scalar waves it's the scalar waves that allow that blood to transmit information across the planet through the planet interdimensionally instantaneously so when we pray it's been shown that we create scalar waves now when we create scalar waves it's an interdimensional interface with god when we pray it basically goes everywhere in all time zones there's no time factor in it in other words it becomes omnipresent because it's interdimensional so it allows us to contact God Almighty. It's the same thing that the blood of Christ does. Remember, Jesus Christ is also God. We have to understand that. He's also omnipresent. He also understands the timelines. He also knows, and this is one of the things that, if you think about this, Dave, when Christ was going to the cross, remember, he came in just a few days before he went to the cross, you know, as a king on a donkey into Jerusalem to fulfill scripture. You know, on Palm Sunday, we, we know that. And then you know, he was crucified the following week, the following few days later. And what's interesting about this is they knew who he was. They understood that, but they didn't want him to come the way he was coming. They wanted him to come as a king and as a ruler. He didn't do that. He came as a basically a peace bringer to the whole planet. He basically came as – and he knew that scripture would be fulfilled and that by his stripes we would be healed according to the book of Isaiah. Now, when Christ knew he was going to the cross – he, he 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 basically wept and and his blood his sweat was like great drops of blood is what the bible says because he was so stressed out because remember he's an omnipresent being if he goes on the cross he's on the cross he's also at the right hand of god the father almighty 
but that that timeline is omnipresent for him. It's hard for us to wrap our heads around that. So in other words, he remains a continual sacrifice for our sins for all eternity, for all eternity. And he knew that because his blood, it says in the book of Hebrews, cried out more when Cain killed Abel, his blood cried out, it says in the book of Genesis. In Hebrews, it said that Christ's blood cried out much, much more than, you know, than Abel's blood could have ever cried out because he's the son of God, created in God's image, an exact replica of God Almighty. So we have this going on, all of this stuff behind the scenes with interdimensional physics. And so what happens is this, when we pray, number one, we have to pray in the affirmative. What does that mean? We have to pray for what we want, not what we don't want. I had this conversation yesterday. I had a man who I met. He's got all kinds of health issues, all kinds of family issues. And he came over here last week. And uh, he basically uh, said to me, he goes, I don't know what to do. He goes, my grandson, his name is Harrison, he's 18 months old. He's just went in for his MMR booster shot. And he's in the hospital having violent seizures and convulsions right now as we speak. And I said, okay, right now as we speak, we're going to pray. And I thank God that Harrison was completely and totally healed, completely and totally normal, that the, that the brain swelling, this is caused from by, by, by what it's called a cytokine storm, which I'm going to explain that right now so I can get you guys to understand what was happening. This, you know, what you have a macrophage, is like white blood cells in the body, and what they do is they absorb poisons and toxins. A lot of kids, especially with the MMR shot for various reasons, genetically, DNA-wise, or whatever, when they get that MMR shot, there's a massive infection or massive swelling at the injection site. And when that happens is these macrophages are like vacuum cleaners that get turned on to come clean up the infection, clean up this junk that just got pumped into the body, like dead fetal cells, that kind of stuff, and aluminum. The problem is, is it's oh so overwhelming to that baby's immune system at that age that the macrophages send out what's called, it's called a chemical messenger. It's like an SOS. They kind of go out there and they start flagging SOS to all the other macrophages. And the way they do that, they send out what are called cytokines. And cytokines are chemical messengers. And they go all over the body. And the problem is when the cytokines go out, they start causing inflammation. And they also go into the brain, causing the brain to swell, causing inflammation of the brain. When that happens, you start having cranial pressure. The kid starts having seizures. His back locks back. He starts screaming. It's called an encephalitic scream. And that's what little Harrison was in. And he was flailing. His eyes had rolled back in his head. He was screaming to the top of his lungs right after the MMR shot. And the doctor, the neurologist who comes in, told this father that basically the father must be on illegal drugs and the child got a hold of an illegal drug and that's why he was having this reaction. Mm-hmm. It was to the illegal drug, it had nothing to do with the MMR shot, but that's another whole story, which is complete nonsense. Well, so I sat down with my buddy Sheldon and I said, look, we gotta pray, we gotta pray right now. So what I did is I bound the macrophages I, I, and, the, and, the, and the cytokines and this encephalitic basically thing that was going on in his brain swelling and I basically spoke healing and life into this child. In other words, I didn't pray, dear Lord, please don't kill Harrison today. Everybody listen to me. I didn't pray in the negative. A lot of people who pray, Dave, they pray in the negative. They say, they ask God, please don't kill me today. And now you have to ask yourself a question. What the heck does that even mean? And you think that's not true, guys? I go to a Baptist church, and every once in a while I go up to the pastor, you know, after church or send him a text. I'm like, dude, what was that all about today? What was all that negative stuff about? You got negative songs? I mean, you know, you're singing songs about, you know, another day broker and deeper in debt. I mean, what the heck are you talking about? I mean, this, these are worship songs. This is awful, guys. Whenever you speak, that's why the Bible says that we're held accountable by every word that comes out of our mouth. We have to understand that. And the reason for that is we can create energy fields with the words that we speak. And that's why God told us that. Ask whatever you want, 
If you're doing it for the right reasons, it'll be given unto you. Why is that? Why did he give us that ability? Well, he wanted us to operate in faith. When you speak to things that are not as if they were, at that point you create faith. And you create that energy field around you. And they, they've written books about this, and they try to secularize it. And the New Agers tried to grab it, and they and they and they talk, and they write about it. They have it promoted on Oprah and all these other shows, in which you know basically they're saying, "Hey, whatever you speak about, you get." Well, pretty much that's true, but they don't want to put the put the put the word of the faith back into it. They don't want to give God Almighty credit. The New Agers want you to believe that you're God and you can do whatever you want. Doesn't work that way. But here's the thing I want to share with you. When you pray, you're creating a scalar wave, which creates an energy field around you. It also is telling the angels, which are ministering spirits, what you want to have happen in your life. So if you tell that angel or God Almighty himself, you say, please don't kill me today. The answer should be, well, the, the angels are asking, well, when do you want us to kill you tomorrow? How about the next day? When do you want us to go ahead and take care of this? If angels do kill people, we got to say that now. we got, we got to put that in there. So, so, so you're thinking, what? You're, why, why are you creating that negative energy around you? So that's the biggest thing if you can get from this show today. It's when you pray, you have to pray in the affirma affirmation. Father, I thank you that Harrison is totally healed. I thank you, Father, there's no that the cytokines are back in control. I thank you, Father, that back under control by his body. I thank you, Lord, that the macrophage are active, activating properly. I thank you his brain's going to be perfect after this event. And sure enough, two days later, he was released from the hospital. He was fine. Two days. In fact, we called his grandmother, who was with Harrison at the time her husband was here and he called her up and I called her up about 10 minutes after we had prayed and she said I don't know what happened his screaming has stopped his eyes have come back in his head focus they're not rolled back in his head anymore he's not flailing and screaming anymore it's like something just stopped I said yeah we prayed and the reason for that is prayer creates physical reality in fact, I did a seminar years ago. You know, I was a college professor like you are, Dave. I was a professor for years up in Tallahassee after I'd gotten out of Florida State. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I, I love to teach college classes, but I, they're politically incorrect. I always make sure they're politically incorrect because the kids are so brainwashed today in the secular schools. But I taught at a Christian university a few years ago. I was asked to come in as a visiting professor and come in and teach a few classes. And the theme of my class was how to change the fabric of time space. You think, whoa, that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought it was too. And that's why I taught the class. And what I taught, what I'm teaching you guys right now, you've got to believe in the power of prayer. You've got to believe the power of positive affirmation. What does that mean? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I commit my plans unto the Lord. Okay, These are all scriptures. You take scriptures and you put them into your prayer and then you pray them back in a positive framework. And what that does, that creates the physical reality around you of everything that you pray because you're praying in faith. And it says in the Bible, book of Hebrews that without faith it's impossible to please God. And that if you do pray this way, that he rewards you because you're diligently seeking him. That's what the word says. So you've got to understand the power we've been given through prayer. This is the biggest thing that the globalists don't want Christians to do. This is why Christians and white people are being so persecuted because we're the Protestants, we're the Catholics, we're the groups that basically believe in God. People say, well, Colin, Catholics aren't Christians. Hey, but guys, if you want to believe that, you go ahead and believe that. Now, I know some Catholics that aren't Christians. Like, that's a fact. I know some Catholics that don't believe in anything besides just a bunch of weird stuff, okay? But I also know people that are playing family Protestants that are Christians that they don't believe in. They're a bunch of weirdos, too. They're a bunch of – well, I'm not going to go there, but they, they do all kinds of crazy stuff, too. You can't say that all God-fearing Catholics are not saved or are not born again or not saved if they've accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. You can't say that. Now, you can question the fact, why are you in the Catholic Church? 
when it's full of pedophile priests. You can question that. And you can say, why are you giving money to the Catholic Church when it's so corrupt? You can question that. As far as their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if they have a true born-again experience, you can't question that. Same thing is true with any other denomination that's basically God-fearing, Bible-believing church. So now there are some cults out there. you got to question everything they say and believe because there's some weird stuff that they believe and actually do. But the reality is this. When we pray, we change the fabric of time space. We create the situations around us. We allow the angels who are ministering spirits to do the things that we're speaking in faith to allow these events to come to pass, and our life changes. And people say, well, I've tried that for two or three days last year, and it didn't work for me. Well, no, no, you're right. It didn't work for you, and here's why. Number one, you're doing it with unbelief and with doubt, number one. And number two, you've so destroyed your own life because of your words, because of the words that come out of your mouth, that you've created like a giant concrete sarcophagus around yourself that you're breathing through a straw. And you can't approach the throne of God properly. You can't appeal to God properly because he doesn't know your voice because number one, you're breathing through a straw and you really haven't got a lot of power left because you've pretty much done it to yourself because of the words you speak. Let me give you an example. Whenever you say something, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, comma, because that's the way I want it to be. My footsteps are ordered by the Lord, comma, because that's the way I want it to be. I'm always at the right place at the right time, every time, comma, because that's the way I want it to be. Because you're speaking through faith and you're speaking through scripture and you're speaking through Jesus Christ, through the blood of the Lamb, the covenant you have with God Almighty. Because when you accept God through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, because he's connected to God himself, through the Holy Spirit, you're connected to his interdimensional realm, which allows you to have the ability to create things, including through your prayer life. They say, well, that sounds kind of hocus pocus. Call it whatever you want to call it. Call it faith. But I know this. When you do what you're supposed to do and you pray the way you're supposed to pray in the positive and the affirmation using scripture, everything changes in your life. But because you're in the sarcophagus, some of you, you're going to have to chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away. It may take you a year, two years, three years, four years, five years until you finally start seeing this. And when you start approaching life in that positive way into that positive prayer life, things start going your way. You say, well, that sounds really weird to me. Things have never gone my way. Well, that's because you've always said things never go your way because that's the way you want it to be. So you've got to understand that the words that come out of your mouth either produce life or they produce death. Remember, this is what it says. That's what the Bible says. You know, the words produce life or they produce death. And if you don't know what you're doing and what you're saying, you kind of just need to keep your mouth shut. If you're in a situation where you don't know how to respond to a certain thing, if it's something that's outside of your realm of understanding, just be quiet and say, uh, I'm going to do some research on that. Or I'll get back with you on that. But don't be speaking negative stuff and death and whatever to yourself and to your family and to your friends. Remember, every sentence that comes out of your mouth, every word that comes out of your mouth, comma, because that's the way I want it to be, because you're creating your physical reality. Now, a lot of books have been written on this, and a lot of stuff gets real new-agey about all this stuff. You can't go there, and you can't, you can't be using these books. Some of them start talking about spirit guides and all this other weird stuff. No, 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 no. It's through the power of Jesus Christ, through the blood of the Lamb, because you have a blood covenant with God Almighty if you accept Christ. In other words, in the old Indian days, if an Indian person had a covenant with some. Somebody, a blood covenant, a blood brother, they called it. One of them would cut their palm. The other one would cut their palm. They'd put their hands together. The bloods would commingle, and they become blood brothers. You saw this in the movie The Outlaw Josie Wales with Clint Eastwood way back, way back in the 70s, and that movie was done. This is what happens with God. You create a blood covenant through Christ, through the cross, through the blood 
which continually transmits his healing power throughout all eternity forever because he's omnipresent. And it allows you to be restored back to God's frequencies through the blood of the lamb, through the covenant you have. Now, when these Indians had a covenant, the covenant person together, they would create basically a new entity, a new being, so to speak, a new person, a new, they would, everything that one person had, the other person would have, it would become like a joint ownership. That's what God did for you with Christ. He gave you a joint ownership and he's the covenant head. So that's why we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That's why the word says that because it's a blood covenant with God almighty. I mean, if God is for you, the word says, who can be against you? Who can be against you? I mean, God plus one is always going to be a majority because he's God. See, and this is what you have to understand. If you have that relationship through prayer, in fact, years ago, it was, it was, it was interesting. I'm going to share something personal with you guys for a second. You know, I had a, I had basically a, semi-retired is before we started doing a podcast before we started doing the Ted Dawson Brower show and I was raising finishing raising kids about to have grandkids and I was just chilling out kind of in that retirement because remember I'm in my 60s I'm not some kid <laughs> and and what ended up happening is I ended up praying and I wasn't getting a response like I used to get when I was younger I hadn't I wasn't getting the response anymore and I prayed for like six months because I thought this always works for me why is this not working and what had happened the guys listen to me this is real personal I'd gotten lax in my prayer time I'd gotten lax I'd gotten lax in my confessions because I had gotten in a, in a few churches and they had done me wrong the leadership had done me wrong the pastors had done me wrong and I thought oh well I'm just going to chill out and just just have my relationship with God my relationship with Christ I'm in a blood covenant and I'm just going to just 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 chill and I did that for several years well then I went back to pray again and I wasn't getting answered it was like I was praying against a brass dome like my prayers weren't being answered they weren't being heard I'm like what the heck this isn't making any sense to me it's never happened to me before since I became a Christian back in 1979 well then finally God himself and this still blows my mind it's like if I can't really talk about it much I'll start getting all weepy on here he's I, I was praying one night in a dream and I'd gone to bed because this was really troubling me. And so I went to sleep and I started dreaming. And it was one of those vivid as waking dreams that you really understand. You, you think you're there. It was one of those dreams. And all of a sudden I'm praying and all of a sudden God answers me. And it's funny because he spoke to me in German, which was my mother's native language. And I speak German. He spoke to me in German and basically told me a few things about what I was doing wrong and that I needed to fix a few things. And that was it. And I woke up, Dave, and I was soaking wet with sweat, and I was trembling. I was so shocked having been in the presence of God. In fact, it was so I was so wet from the sweat because I was, and I, I and, I, and I, I'm not saying that I felt what Jesus felt in the Garden of Gethsemane because that that that's not true. But I was so overwhelmed by God's presence, I had to get up, and I was shaking. I had to get in the shower and change clothes. I was soaking wet. I mean, like I just I, I don't even remember, but I probably didn't change my pillowcase. I mean, I was soaking wet. And, and what happened, I thought about it the next morning. I got up. In fact, I got up about 9 o'clock. And, uh, you know, because I, I never sleep in that late because this thing was so overwhelming to me. And my workout partner showed up at the house, and he kind of got me out of bed. And I, and I told him, I said, dude, I just had God speak to me for the first time in my life, the audible voice. And it, it was in German on top of everything else. And I thought, wow. And, and so that day forward, it made me realize what prayer did. And so, again, I continued to do what I've been doing for the prior six months, continue to pray. But this time, my prayers started getting answered almost immediately. I mean, I mean, I could pray for almost anything, and it would get answered. And you think, well, why does that happen? Why does God show you that kind of favor? It's because he loves those who diligently seek him. That's the key here. 
see, you know, here's the thing. It's kind of like let's 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 do a human analogy on this. Let's say you got some kids, and you know, most kids are brats when they're teenagers. You got to put up with the brat teenagers. Every once in a while, you get a kid who's not a brat, and that's just like a wow, okay. But you get, I got four kids. Three of them are brats as teenagers. One of them wasn't. So I mean, 25%. So people are always asking me, how do you raise kids? My response is, I don't know. Keep them by, keep them in church. <laughs> you know, keep praying for them feed them right, you know, try to keep them away from the vaccines and just do the best you possibly can for them. People the only people who are experts in child rearing, which is always amazing to me, Dave, are the ones who've never had children. And they're always like, this is what you yeah. need to do. And I'm like, yeah, how many kids have you raised? None. Okay, good. But here's the thing. When you go back and you look at what these kids have been doing and what's been happening, it changes everything when you pray for them. And the same thing happened with me. When I started praying, suddenly God started working through me again. Now, let me explain to you why that happened. When these children, our children, when they go off to college and they go off into their own professions and they call you on a regular basis, not needing money, but just because they want to talk to you, because they want to have a relationship with you. Let me tell you something, guys. You'll do anything for that child, anything within your power. If they just treat you with respect, that's the same relationship you're supposed to have with God. God's not a vending machine. Think about that for a second. He's not a vending machine. He wants a relationship, not a religion. And so what happens is when you call on him and you pray with him, the Bible says pray, pray without ceasing. In other words, you have to have this constant conversation going on in your mind with God. And I do that now. And I've been doing that now for like six, seven years since I had that dream when God spoke to me. And so now whenever I dial home to God in heaven through prayer, he picks up the telephone. In other words, it's not some brat kid trying to get more money from you, and he just lets the recorder pick up. He picks up the phone and says, hey, Ted, what you need, bud? That's the relationship we're all supposed to have with God Almighty, a continually ongoing relationship. You say, well, Ted, I don't have that kind of relationship. How do I have that relationship? Number one, you got to accept Christ. Number one, you have to have to have a blood covenant with Jesus Christ. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, some of you are going, well, you're just being religious right now. And I'm, my response is, well, yeah, I am actually. I'm being very, very real with you guys. If you haven't accepted Christ, that's your first step. Pray with me. If you haven't accepted Christ, pray with me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I accept you. I, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me. I repent for my sins. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior and my Master, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. That's how simple that is. It's not something you're ever going to deserve on your own. It's by grace through faith that you've done that. Now, once you've done that, now you've created a blood covenant bond with God Almighty because you prayed that prayer creating scalar waves, which created you with a relationship with God. Now he's got to get to know you. Now he knows who you are. He knew who you were when you, before you were born. Remember, he's on the present, but you want a relationship with him, which means you pray every day and you pray out loud every day. Preferably you pray every day out loud with your spouse and your children, which is what I taught my kids to do, and my wife. We all pray together. We prayed this morning. We prayed for you guys, my listeners, this morning, and I ask God to bless you, to keep you, to allow his face to shine upon you, to be gracious upon you, to grant you grace, mercy, peace, love, prosperity, and great relationships. I prayed that this morning for my listening audience because I pray for my listeners every day. You think, well, why would you do that? Well, because I love you guys. I appreciate you. See, the Bible says that we'll know they'll know that you are my, 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 my children because of your fruit, because you love one another. Guys, all of these Christians that have become warmongers, they want to invade another country, invade another country, invade another country, invade another country, and kill people. That's not of God. We got to be walking in faith. We got to be walking in love. Now, should we be okay with all of this cultural 
influx into our country of people who don't believe in Christ, who don't believe in Christianity? No, because we have different cultures. They need to stay in their own culture as far as I'm concerned. Now, if they want to come over here and adapt and integrate into our culture, that's fine, but that's not what they do in most cases. So this creates a dissolution. Basically, it, 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 it dilutes what we have here in the United States as far as a body of believers who are praying. Whether or not this country wants to believe it, the United States was originally settled by the folks that came over from England for freedom of religion. That's why they came here. Now, whatever it was with the founding in 1776 with the Masonic Lodges being involved in it and all of that stuff, I'm not talking about that. I got, I know that's all real too, okay? But I'm talking about the original reason they're here. In fact, they were asking the president of Mexico a few years ago when it was still Fox. They asked him, they said, why is it that you share borders with the United States of America? You guys are impoverished. You're third world. You have the same natural resources the United States has, but you're broke. And he says, it's simple. He goes, when the United States was founded, when the United States was settled, when that continent was settled, they were looking for God. When the conquistadors came to South America, they were looking for gold. That's what he said. Now, think about that for a second. That's the relationship that we're supposed to have with God, that we're seeking him and we want to be part of his kingdom. So when you pick up the phone, it's like you're picking up that phone, right? Like on Batman. And it goes right to Gotham City's head guy, the, the chief. <laughs> but this is going to be God that you're calling up now. So when you pray, you create that scalar wave. That scalar wave goes through all of the universe, the entire known galaxy, all of it, instantaneously. It's there immediately, and God hears you. And that's how he wants you to live. He wants you to live by faith and not by sight. And he wants you to speak to things that are not as if they were. Pray in the positive affirmation and have an ongoing dialogue with him. And guys, I'm telling you this right now. It will change life. It will completely and totally change your life. I had a friend of mine in Tallahassee years ago, and he's got married to the wrong woman. I think, well, how can that be so? Well, just she wasn't really a Christian, and he was, and she was committing adultery on him all the time. And finally, he had enough of it. But, but he told me a story. He said one time he was praying. He was praying this way. He was praying in the positive affirmation and thanking God for the things that he was receiving in advance. And his ex-wife, currently it was his wife at that time, walked into the room and started laughing at him. And saying, what are you doing? You know, what are you praying that for? Rah, rah, rah. You know how some people get. And uh, he's basically told her, he said, look, he said, I really believe the power of pearl changed things. And I've read so many books on this and it changes everything because it's based on faith. Well, of course, she laughed, walked out of the room. And of course, later on, he had enough of all that, especially with the continual adultery and said enough. And he, he got divorced. But the point is this. When you pray these things, now listen to me, this is really, really important. I have a pastor friend of mine up here he, up in North Carolina, and he says during the service, when he's praying for somebody who has cancer, he goes, if you don't have faith that this person is going to be healed from cancer, you need to leave the sanctuary right now and go out into the lobby. And you're like, well, why would he say that? Well, because he doesn't want doubt and unbelief in the sanctuary. Are you listening to me, friends? He doesn't want doubt and unbelief in the sanctuary. He doesn't want people pulling against him with what he prays. Now, why am I telling you this? Here's why I'm telling you this. I like to ask you questions and I answer them for you. Be very careful on who you – If you, let's say, for instance, you have a goal that you want to set up and you're going to start praying in the belief that God's going to provide this goal for you. Maybe it's a certain amount of money every month to pay your bills. Maybe it's to have a certain spouse. Maybe it's because you want a better relationship with God. Maybe you need a new car. You're praying for that. You're praying that God's going to provide you the needs for that. And you start talking to other people about what you're praying or you start sharing your goals with them. If they're filled with doubt and unbelief, they're going to ridicule you. They're going to make fun of you. 
and they're going to say it right to your face. And what that does, that plants the seeds of doubt and unbelief back into you. So be very careful who you share your prayer life with. Be very careful who you share these things I'm sharing with you right now with. Now, you could send this podcast to everybody. I recommend you broadcast it to the whole planet because they need Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But be very careful with your personal goals and your personal prayers and sharing them with people that are filled with doubt and unbelief because that doubt and unbelief will rub back off on you. Because why? Because they're creating another energy field around you. It's kind of like a magnet. If you have a big magnet and a little magnet, and you put the little magnet inside of the big magnet, the little magnet will automatically line up with the big magnet and become part of that magnetic field. It, it kind of becomes part of it. If you're around doubt and unbelief from a magnetic standpoint and you're the little magnet, it's going to pull you back into the old way of thinking and your old doubt and unbelief. That's why you have to be careful who you hang out with. So if you're hanging out with certain people, they want to go out to the bars and get drunk or they want to smoke a little dope or they want to do all these things they shouldn't do, but they do anyhow because they don't care about the consequences. you got to ask yourself a question. What's that doing to you? And is that okay? Do you really want to be around these people? And I've learned a long time ago, Dave, when I get around people that have doubt and unbelief in their hearts and in their minds and in their souls and in their spirits, I stay away from them. You say, well, why do you do that? Because I don't want to be polluted by that. It's kind of like having a negative energy field inside of your energy fields. Remember, we put an energy field that runs about 20 feet around our body. I mean, our heart has a huge energy field from the sinoatrial node that throws out a magnetic interface all around our body. That's why every once in a while you walk up to somebody and you don't know them. And you immediately get repulsed, like two opposite ends of a magnet, pushing you away. And you're like, what the heck, man? And you think, then you also hear, you got like, there's something about this person. I don't like this person. Yeah, guess why? Because God has a very specific frequency because he's, remember, we created his image. And when Christ came, he had the God's exact frequency. So does the Holy Spirit. And when you meld together with those frequencies through the Holy Spirit, it's synergistic. It, you can become, it's, it's synchronized. It, you know, it becomes, you know, it becomes one. You become one with Christ, with God. He doesn't see you anymore. He only sees Jesus when you do that. This is the energy field that I'm talking about. It's the energy field that's created by prayer. It's the energy field created by you and your spirit when you accept Christ. It allows you to basically become one with the creator of the universe. I had a really big show, Dave, I was on a few last year, and the lady got huge numbers. And uh, she asked me, she said, well, anybody can do that. You know, we, we can all be one with the universe. I said, no, we can be in the universe. But we won't be one with the universe because we're all in the same energy field. We're incompatible with the energy field of God because it's through Christ and through the Holy Spirit that makes us compatible. It's like having a six volt battery inside of a 12 volt. You know, we're trying to connect it to a 12 volt battery. They can sit there beside each other, but you can't connect them together. Or of 18 volt or a 24 volt or 48 a volt battery. You got to have the right voltage or it won't work. See, and this is the big problem that we have in Christianity today. We have all of this weird teaching that's going on all over the place. You know, can you know, can you should accept transgenders, you should accept this, you should accept and I'm like, wait a minute, this is all an inversion of what God made. God gave us his word, his Bible, the Old Testament, the Torah. You know, the, the Pentateuch. He also gave us the New Testament. And we have to filter everything through that. And if it doesn't line up with that, we have to step away from it. You say, well, why would you do that? Why would you care? Well, because it messes up your energy field. Are you listening to me? Friends, listen to me. I'm giving you some really good advice today. It messes up your energy field, and it makes your energy field incompatible with God. So when you pray, you get a brass ceiling, and you don't get any, anything else through you. So God, you're, you're like, what the heck? It's like, I don't have a, see, if you know what God wants you to do, if you know what his word says, it says in first John that you will do what pleases him. That's what the word says. And that's what we need to do. We need to avoid the things that God tells us not to do, especially in the old Testament and the new Testament, 10 commandments, 
certain foods he tells us not to eat. There's a reason for that because they increase the risk of cancer. Tells you not to eat pork. You go, well, I like pork. Well, the World Health Organization has said it's the primary cause of cancer globally. Well, God knew that. He tells you in the book of Deuteronomy in Leviticus that if you eat this stuff, you can have all these long and lingering diseases and you're going to die from it. That's what he says. You say, well, he's just being mean to us not wanting to eat pork. No, he's not. He's trying to keep you from dying of cancer. You, well, oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. Why would he tell you? That's why. Why would he tell you that if he didn't want you to listen to him? In the book of Isaiah, the last two chapters, 56 and 57, I think, or 55 and 56, I can't remember, he basically says that eating brats and pigs and the broth of unclean meats is detestable to him and the stench in his nostril, and the people that do this will meet their end together. Okay, this is God saying this. This isn't Ted Brower saying it. Read the last two chapters of Isaiah the prophet and get a look at that and say, wow, he's really that. See, see here's the thing. God, you enter into covenant with him. He's there to help you. But he's also there to kind of micromanage you a little bit to keep you from getting in trouble. In other words, if you see a kid who's about to step in front of a railroad track or a train and you go, I got to grab that kid. He's about to get himself squished and cut up in little pieces. I got to stop him. Okay, That's what God does for you. That's what the leading of the Holy Spirit is. All of a sudden, you're about to go a certain direction when you're driving. You go, nah, I don't think I'm going to do that. And you find that next day there was a giant accident the way you were going to go. You might have been involved in it. You go, wow, that was God. Yeah. See, we're all interconnected from a quantum entanglement standpoint with God Almighty, especially through the blood of the Lamb. That's why Christians are literally blood brothers. We're all tied together. I mean, our, our, we're, we're quantumly connected. I mean, you know, you, you guys know this. You have a good friend of yours who calls you up and is a Christian or whatever. Maybe he's not a Christian, but you're quantumly entangled with him, and maybe he may not be born again. And all of a sudden, you go to call him. And you pick up the telephone, and he's on the other line. He already dialed you before you picked it up. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about here. We're all interconnected from a physics standpoint, and we've got to understand that. And if we do, we can literally change the fabric of space. I mean, you can change your life. You can walk in health. You can walk in. You, you can just. You can believe God that He's going to do these things for you. Because guys, the Word says that He's not a. He's not a. He's, he, if you give, you ask Him for bread, He's not going to give you a rock. He's not going to do that, but he's got to know who you are, and that's what the power of prayer does. It allows you to develop a relationship with the creator. Think about that for a second. The creator of the universe himself will stop everything he's doing just to hang out with you and talk to you and listen to you. Doesn't get any better than that, Dave. What do you think? No, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, I want to I want to go to the issue of physics for a second. This just fascinates me. I've read about these okay, Patriots. Dave, are you still there? Have I lost my Skype connection? Uh, no, we're good. <laughs> um, I forgot to take the uh, mute button off. Anyway, um, <laughs> that I happens. You, had the, you didn't have the mute button on when I was doing. I, I, that, that's some of the best teaching you guys are ever going to get on the power of prayer. I can't say it much better than that. Well, I have a question. I've been reading um, accounts of Petri dish experiments, and they separate cells. And they'll separate them by thousands of miles, and then they'll electrify one set of cells, and it electrifies the other set of cells thousands of miles away that's not being electrified. Are you familiar with those kinds of experiments? No, but the same thing with the blood experiment that we talked about with, 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 with Vela. I mean, the reality is this. Our, our DNA is interconnected interdimensionally. So it, it, our body communicates cellularly through longitudinal and scalar waves and also electrically, chemically because of the nervous system. And so what ends up happening is, and then through the blood vessels and through the energy field produced by the body, we're in a giant magnetic field. Our body puts out a giant magnetic field. And so everything's interconnected. I mean, every proton in the universe knows what every other proton is doing instantaneously. And what we have to understand is that we're all part of this giant energy field. 
in it and basically compatible with it, but we're part of it. And so that's what I'm saying is synchronicity is the term. You want to become synchronized with God's energy field through the blood of Christ. That's why he sent Jesus. I never could understand the whole blood thing. And that's, that's why one day I'm, I'm praying and he gave me a whole download on this. And I ran in the other room. It was during our prayer time with Sharon. And I ran in the room. I said, Sharon, I've got to stop. I've got to go write this down. I wrote like six pages of notes on the blood of the lamb. That's my teaching I've done on your show, Dave, on the blood of Christ. And you guys can get you put a link to that on the bottom of this on the bottom of this interview for people like to listen to that, and it talks about what from an interdimensional physics standpoint it does because of the blood, and so then I understood it, and then I'm like, okay, I got it, and that's why again it's an inversion. That's why the satanic groups do the same thing. They drink blood, they sacrifice humans, they torture humans, they drink blood, they drink adrenochromes, they do all of this stuff because they're creating an inversion of what God did. They're trying to mimic what He did and blaspheme through it. This is who they are. This is the group that runs the planet. It's the same guys who took down Building 7. People want to call them the Illuminati, and I'm like, well, they're a lot bigger than that. You know, I'm not saying the Illuminati wasn't involved in it with Adam Weissel back in the 1700s, but the reality is, is that this whole group has been around since Genesis chapter 6, and Moses warned us about them. He said that these angels, these fallen angels, were there before the flood and again after the flood. It says that in the Word. Most preachers ignore that. And guys, David, when he went in and basically had to fight Goliath, that was after the flood. Newsflash, this was a giant. So guys, it's so important to understand. And when the, when the children of Israel went into the promised land, they came back and said, there's giants over there. We're like, like grasshoppers, these guys. Well, it's again, it's because of the Nephilim bloodline. And these guys who rule the planet, they consider themselves to be the benign Nephilim, the sons of the fallen. They're Luciferians, but they've been cut off from God's energy source. They've been cut off from everything I've talked about. They're incompatible with God's energy source because of what they've done and who they are and the things they continue to do. And that's why they have to do the human sacrifice to get the energy from that. I talked about that in a show I did a few weeks ago, but I know we're almost out of time now, so I don't want to go into that right now. No, you're right. We're almost out of time. And I wanted to tell you, you mentioned Fallen Angels, and I'm attending a conference in Branson, the Steve Quayle Gen 6 conference, September 13th to the 15th, and that's one of the topics. Our ETs really Fallen Angels, and I can't wait to see the dialogue that comes from that. What's your opinion on that, Ted? I think there's all kinds of different entities in this universe. I don't think God had any... God doesn't have to clear things with us before he creates something. I mean, you know, if he wants to create something else somewhere else, he didn't have to ask Ted if he needs to do that. I mean, or us or any of us humans. He didn't have to go by the human brace and say, what do you guys think about this? But here's what I will say. I believe with all of my heart that human beings are the only species that have ever been created in this entire universe that are created in God's image. That I believe with all of my heart. And I believe that these other entities simply don't have that background. Because remember, these 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 fallen angels, these interdimensional people take these different drugs. They go in these altered states. We've talked about that on your show before. And they see these other entities that communicate with them. They call them elves. And what ends up happening is these things, remember, they want to be here with us. They don't like where they are. Their place apparently is awful. And they want to be where we are. And they want to come into our dimension probably through CERN and basically inhabit one of our bodies to basically be able to be part of what God created, probably because they're starving to death where they are, basically you're emaciated. But the reality is, is this, these things are angry because number one, they are not created in God's image and they're jealous of you and me because we are and they hate us for it. So they'll do everything they can to destroy everything God made. That's why the Bible says if Satan comes to rob, kill, steal and destroy, Dave, and these entities are all part of that kingdom. Anything that's not with God is against God. Remember, Rush Dizdar talks about all the different types of angels they are, different types of entities they are. And he's right. We have all different types of angels that God lays out. So I always tell my listeners this. Guys, listen to me. 
if they suddenly tell us that we're not alone, which we're not, because the Bible tells us we're not alone, and all of a sudden you start seeing a spaceship, which we may, that may belong to ETs or maybe advanced space with ships that the United States and NASA have put together, okay, that could be masquerading as ETs. If this all happens, don't let that affect your faith. 